This is a niche radio podcast. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or log into www.nicheradio.co.za. Welcome to the Come Join Us podcast channel. I am in the wonderful Cape Town this week, busy with events, and I thought of it best to dial up a good friend as well as a previous colleague, um, Arnu van Janse van Reesburg. As ignorant, yeah, correct. Um, Arnie Co has got a brand new restaurant up in Kloof Street, and he is one of the top chefs to look out for in Cape Town when you ever visit here. And I thought it would best today to come and join him, seeing that I did my practical with him in the industry as well while we were at ICA. Arnie, it's like a meet Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is amazing. I mean, I haven't seen you in ages. I think last time I was with. Graham Shapiro, yes. at Sonnenberg's. Yeah, that was a long time Jeez, ago. that is like 15 years ago, yeah. easily. It yeah. was still Sonnenberg, Hoffman and Golombic back then. Yes, it's changed CNS. completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what's been happening? I mean, where you've been and what's happening and how well, did your journey start? Been in the kitchen most of the time. I haven't really left. <laughs> That's kind of where it stops. Yeah. Um, before we opened Janssen Co, I was in Friendship for six years at yes. uh, Maison, um, the kitchen at Maison. Um, okay, so part the, of the Valence Group. Yes, exactly. Okay, cool. exactly. Yeah, um, and how long were you there for? Six, six years. Yes, yeah. that's a while. Mm. Yeah, and now they've diverted and they've opened up. Yes. But Maison has changed yes. now. It's not. It's now a chef's warehouse yes. full of Liam Tomlin's brands. Yes. Um, You've got quite they're... a few as well. Yes, yeah. yeah, they're doing very, very well. They're doing yeah. very, very well. Okay. And then, concept. yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. And then what inspired you with Yards Co? What, <clears> what brings you here? And What's your inspiration behind it? Uh, I love Cape Town, number one. So that was always the idea to open up a restaurant in Cape Town. Uh, We were looking for a nice premises with a decent amount of space, which we have now uh, for our charcuterie and cheese making and fermentation. Um, Also, we have a lovely courtyard where we grow a lot of our herbs, some vegetables, some spices, some things like that. Uh, We're just finishing up our outside bar area. you told me about your wall you're busy with. Yeah, yeah, the bar, the bar, yeah. The tiles of the bar bar. just arrived now, so we'll finish that probably this week. Okay, great. So you'll be ready up and running for Mm. season. Yeah, exactly. Tell us your food inspiration. I mean, what did you, what's inspired you and what do you focus on mainly? So we do everything ourselves from start to finish. Um, We focus at the moment very much on provenance of ingredients. because every ingredient tells a story and we get inspired by our ingredients. That's very much a part of our ethos. Okay, so you, what so whatever's in season, you take exactly. and then you yeah. sort of... Yeah. We work with about four different vegetable suppliers, two of them in, in Cape Town, uh, one in Hart Bay, one in Stellenbosch, um, and they are our key suppliers. Uh, we feed our guests with what they have to offer, basically. Okay. So it's only peak seasonal ingredients. Okay. Our, um, um, animals that we get in is whole. We butcher everything. We make our salamis, our hams, all of those things. Uh, mainly from Prisca in the Northern Cape and from the Buffabat as well. Amazing. We so you know Bertie? Yes, that's yeah. one of them, yeah. Bertie. Okay. Yeah. Divine, yeah. Yes, because yes. he does amazing like uh, wheat and everything yes, as well. Yes, yes. You make use of it. Every, everything he has, we have. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad he's getting into the restaurant yes, scene. Yes, yes. Because he's been a long time that mm. he's been struggling to get out the, you know, yeah. his, his organic. But it takes time. I mean, it's not, like, it's not like it just happens overnight. No. Um, so it takes a bit of time, especially 
this day and age, like everyone says organic and free range and whatever, uh, sustainability is just used way too much. Um, and some people don't even actually know. I don't think it people think about it too yeah, much. Yeah. yeah. And really using everything from the little edge till the end, yeah. every single element that you eventually use. Mm -hmm. And tell me, what, what do you love about this industry? It is ever changing, ever evolving, but the fundamental basics stays the same. So if you have a strong platform or a strong fundamental sort of base that you have, well, that you base all of your techniques and ingredients and ethos on, then you know it's 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 a good it's a good base. Um, but you can always derive from it. You can there, there's there's so much. Um, there's, there's so much uh, opportunity in the industry. You know, it's not just cooking food. Cooking food is just a small facet of it. Like, especially chefs these days have so much power. They've got so much um, following from media and people watching them on televisions and all those sort of things. What we're doing today. Mm -hmm. I mean, people are going to listen to it. And you know, there's a bit of there's a bit of hindsight that they need to actually be responsible in what they do. Mm -hmm. How they source ingredients. How they use ingredients. How they are how like just just be a good chef, be a good person, and think of years to come. Absolutely. Uh, how are we going to change things? Sustainability. Yes. Pretty much. Yeah. Who's inspired you? Who? Mm. Sure. A lot of people. Staff. My wife Liesl, She's a big inspiration in my life. She is your Suppliers, go -to person. <laughs> yes, very much so. Um, yeah, friends, family, other chefs. It's 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 broad. It's but really, what makes specific. you keep going? That's that's the main question. The drive to want to make things better, to want to make the industry better, to want to teach the younger generation uh, of chefs or just people in general. Um, I mean, the world is in a bit of a funny place at the moment, no. and like we need to just try and change it, try and change our behaviour a little bit. And do you do you often travel? Yes, very much. Where do you like to go? Uh, sure, anywhere really. Uh, there's no place I don't like going. Uh, every time we travel, we try and go to a different place, a different city, a different country. Because um, there is so much to see. And so does that draw go. inspiration for you? It does, a little bit, yeah. Uh, I like the way people approach their traditions uh, and their beliefs behind their traditions. That is what I travel for, just to like, enrich myself. And what would you say, and I ask this often, but what's your opinion on where we are at standard with what we're doing in Cape Town, South Africa, with food, with wine, with drink? What would you say, where we at? I think we're very much on standard with a lot of countries. I mean, we are a third world country after all. Um, the main concern for me is uh, the education and training. Uh, I don't think the younger generation is getting the time required um, or getting the, the, the knowledge required for them to go further. That's why a lot of them leave the country and go and work overseas for years and years and years and then come back. Um, so the education system and how people are trained, like you don't get chefs that do an internship in South Africa. They stay for maybe six months or a year and then they move on. Um, and then they think they have what it takes. Go overseas mm. and then they want to be a sous chef for a restaurant. Okay. Um, so that's where the, for me personally, what I've seen over the years, that's kind of where the gap is. Like our education system, how we go about training our younger generation of chefs that's coming in. 
So you think there's a big lag? Mm. Is it? Yeah. I've heard that more than twice now from a chef. They're mm. struggling to find proper trained mm. chefs. Mm. And, and 100%, I'm, I'm worse that people are over eager and they want to do stuff and everything. But I think, have you ever realized that the time frame, everything wants, everyone wants things now? Yeah. And they want to be educated and they want to be a CEO now, not tomorrow, not over 20 years. Yeah, well, that's how it works. Like, if you just use your common sense. Yeah, but I don't, don't you works. think with, with generations of people, mm. how are they getting growing up now? Mm. That they've mm. got sort of got that mentality yeah. of now. But how? Why? How did that happen? What is what everything is, is faster. Yeah. Everything is faster. Everything people <coughs> want is faster. Mm. It's quite tricky, I think, yep. when it comes to the slow movement specifically, mm. that chefs, for example, are bringing back. They want everything to be, you know, perfectly curated, mm. where it comes from, takes time, yeah, everything yeah. like that. And then getting the amazing end result. Yes. People want amazing end results, but they want to go two steps and then there. Yeah, yeah. They don't want to invest the time. No. Quiet. Yeah. And it is frustrating. Mm. I can imagine for you as a business owner, but the same with me as well employing new people mm. I likely it's it's I must say it's it's all about attitude I always say it's 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 how they approach it mm. but I do agree with you it is tricky with people that these days they want to get things instant <clears throat> yeah instant gratification okay and yeah tell us why should people come to your restaurant that's actually what I wanted to ask you what makes you different they will have a unique experience um, like I said earlier, we produce everything in-house. We've got a quite a variety of Japanese fermentations that happens in-house. We make miso soy, uh, all the different sort of uh, kojis that you can think of with our local grains oh. that is grown by Biobati, uh, some of his stuff. Uh, some grains we get in Hot Bay. Uh, we have an extensive charcuterie program. We're busy building up our um, stock of the cheeses that we produce in-house as well with Gay's, Gunsney, um, raw milk that we source from her in Prince Albert. Yes, it's quite um, widely sourced, your product. It is, it is, but still it's in Cape, well, it's in, in South Cape Africa. Yeah, 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 it's in, it's in South Africa, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we source everything from South Africa, everything, everything. Um, there's very, very little, mm. like maybe a 0.5% of stuff that you don't use. How do you go about sourcing your sources? Pretty much. Sourcing our sources? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, I don't know what else I can say, but uh, knowing, do you read, do you go yes, on a research. trip? Do you go and research? How do you research it? If we can go on a trip, it's very seldom that we can actually do that. Um, cool. Sorry. No stress. Um, we do try and visit farmers and suppliers if we can. Mm. Uh, sometimes it's not possible. Um, so then a phone conversation or via email but generally there's like a solid but, half an hour conversation before actually anything goes but is there like a chef community that exchange suppliers with each sometimes, other sometimes yes um, a lot of the suppliers at the top 50 or top 20 or top 10 chefs whatever you want to call it use some of them are very um Dantic. no they just the, the quantities are not as much so um, then they can only supply eight they can months. only supply two or three restaurants mm. if that's the case um, because they're not commercial um, you so find that I, tricky sometimes no not at all I find that challenging because well not challenging I find that exciting because it challenges us like Bertie's um, sheep and Charlie's uh, pigs you have to get the whole thing and you can't find it until you just want to run for a survey no you have to take the whole animal uh, you have to take like 
big bags on his grain because you know he couriers the stuff all the way from Priscon that costs money so you know you have to make it worth his while as well um, and he only supplies five or ten restaurants um, and to get an organic certification is a ball ache. it's not Jeez, just it's tricky it's like a 10-year process that you have to go through and it's crazy yeah, and I mean, it took him so long to get that yeah. done because you need to go deep, deep diving into the ground level. And it costs everything. a lot of money to make it as yeah. well. Yeah, completely. It's a long-term investment. The, the new term is biodegradable or bio, no, biodynamic farming, mm. actually, in a way. Mm. Because then your neighbor can next to you try not to spray, yeah. but you can't prevent your neighbor from spraying yeah, yeah. or anything like that. Yes. So maybe it will pop up on your stuff, but not actually, and yeah. then it's, you can't grade it then. It's, yeah. yeah. No, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. So, yeah. Pillars, do you have any siblings? Yes, I've got two older brothers. Yeah, where are they? Uh, they are in the Strand. That's where they work. But, yeah, I mean, that's... They're not in this business with me at all. Yeah, what do they do? Um, they are in the wood business. Also creative. Yeah, they are. All of us are creative. My yeah. dad started the business a long time ago, like probably 30 years ago. And oh, so it's your dad's business? It was his business. Okay. Now my brothers have taken it over and evolved it a little bit more. Um, I was going to be part of that business, but I decided not to be. Um, I don't think it's very easy to work with siblings, especially <laughs> <No>. mine. <laughs> um, Keep the picture. Yeah, yeah. So Were you from originally? Where did you Strand. grow up? Strand. Yeah. Okay, you went to school there, everything? Yes, school there, and then ICA was just over the hill in Stellenbosch. Are you glad you did ICA? Uh, y yes. Did it give you some foundation? It did, it, yes, it did give me some foundation. Um, <laughs> to attend classes on time. <laughs> um, no, you know what? It actually, organizational skills in a kitchen is, is key. key. It's so important. And I still use it today. That's one of the very few things that I actually can take away from the ICA. Like having your shit organized and like <laughs> it's true. in a line or clean and clean as you go. Like those sort of things. That's very, very important. Totally. Yeah. It's so funny these days when we do events and uh, or I see people, I, I chat to people where where they're from, and you hear that they studied at ICA. You really please look at them. Okay, can we chat? Yeah. It's, it's the business, you know, because the thing is, it's true. It's a standard that you were setting, and yes. you were told that's the standard. Yeah. So you know immediately, sort took sort, as they say, that you know that that person will be able to deliver for you and yes. they'll get what you say if you get what I'm saying. To a point, to a point. I mean, I don't agree with everything that they taught us or showed us or made us go through at all. Um, there's very few things that I no, think I can take away. Yeah, but that's of any yeah. school in any yeah. place, yeah. I think. Yeah. But the fundamentals were there. Fundamentals were good. Which is crucial. Yes, yes. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we laugh. It was a Gestapo camp, but yeah. it was good. Yes, yes. So, tell me, what do you normally cook at home? Um, We're not cooking. Liesl cooks most of the time. Oh, there we go. Well, okay. that's a lie, actually. She doesn't always cook. <laughs> I cook sometimes as well. Liesl um, is he lying? <laughs> um, <laughs> 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 if it's summertime, we bry. Yeah. Um, or being outside, pokey course dry. Uh, oh, so you like winter. traditional? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's we have a fireplace in the kitchen. Oh, like a bry. And we cook a lot before On the fire. service and in service as well. So that thing is constantly just going. 
we had to rebuild it because it was fraught after the season we had now. <laughs> so we've gone through two priors yes, in the space of two years. So we'll probably rebuild again next year. <laughs> oh, yes. I mean, it's a big part of our culture, uh, South African. Um, oh, it is overall. I mean, African like, in general. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a great seasoning, like flavor-wise. Mm. Uh, it adds a different dimension, and. Yeah, we get to like chop down all the alien trees basically and use that as wood. Okay. We're using roycrons only for the kitchen and it's got a very, very unique flavor. That's the flavor I grew up with as well, mm. the rice. Um, so that, yeah, means you know something, it. yeah. And different types of other techniques that you normally use, so Brian being one. A lot of, a lot of um, fermentation. Really? Um, a lot of fermentation. I mean, we do, like I said earlier, I've studied the art of Japanese fermentation for very, very long, tested it out for very, very long. Now we actually have it down to the T, where we can add a different dimension to our food, but still with a local flavor. Um, we use just uh, African grains, heirloom or ancient African grains. And looking back into like the first peoples that were walking the earth millions of years ago, they were gatherers and they were gathering mm. um, legumes and those sort of things yeah. and that it went through a fermentation process in order for them to consume it and be safe yes. otherwise there would be like other defects in them um, so they were the first people that were fermenting all of these things before anyone else was actually on earth who inspired you to do this Japanese? I know Japanese from the oldest um, cuisines and most amazing cuisines it's just so how did you get into that? They've got clean lines with their aesthetics uh, and that carries through through the food, uh, the Kaiseki style, um, the different regions of Japan, uh, their discipline in food, because um, they don't add a bunch of things, they rather take it away and work with ingredients that is in peak season in pristine condition. That is very much what we do as well. Um, and that I think is very important for you as a chef, as a creative person. Um, what we do is not art at all, it is a craft um, and a craft is always evolving, uh, you can always make it better and Japanese for me, I mean we call it Japanese because that is the term that I refer to in fermenting grains but like I said, I mean the oldest African civilizations used to do that so mm. it's not really Japanese, it's actually African. That's actually amazing if you think about, if it. You think about it, yeah. I love Japanese cuisine. Mm. Uh, I think we have hardly ever scratched. Mm. People don't know it here. Mm. They think they do, what you said. But I love what you said now. It's a craft that you perfect. Mm. It's not a skill. It's a, well, it's a skill. What did you say? It's not an art. Yeah, it's not an art. Yeah. It's, a, it's a perfecting that specific skill. Um, tell me, what else have you been in Japan? I have not. We're still, we're still planning to. Uh, but that's a trip we need to plan extensively. Mm. Normally when we book a trip, it's like two months before we decide okay we're gonna okay, go we're going. and yeah. we just book everything quickly yeah. because there is just no time at the moment yeah tell me whenever you book that trip I would love to go <laughs> with <laughs> um, yeah. I've always told my husband that I think there's one if there's one country in the world food specific <coughs> and amazing is Japan mm. and people that people don't know it's east and west yeah. we don't know the east we don't know the mm. west oh, the east we don't know the Waste, you know. Jeez, I'm so boggled today with all of this. Listen, I'm going to ask you a quick quiz. What's your favorite book? Hervé Thies. 
mm-hmm. uh, on the art of cooking. Ah, it's an interesting book. Or the cooking encyclopedia. He's got two books. It's it's quite a thick book. Yeah. Um, but it has like all the ancient stories of how ingredients evolved and how it was used and like just very. Do you very old really stories. like history? That's your thing. Yes, I mean that's how where we are today is because of history. Like people yeah, decided we are either doing this. And they look back in history and say, okay, that was a cock idea. You're going to rather do this this way to move forward. So history plays a big part in what we do now, currently, and moving forward. Mm. Very true. And it tends to repeat itself as well. Yeah, true. We're going to try not to do that. <laughs> okay. What's your favorite Netflix series? What are you watching right now? Sure. No, I don't think I'm watching anything. Um, I really like the series Vikings. Okay. I really enjoyed that. The Nordics. Mm. It's interesting. Yeah, brutal. Brutal, but yeah, like, lots of honest. <laughs> brutal, but honest. <laughs> okay. And um, any chef that inspires you that you can think of now? I know there's millions, but if you can think of one. So there's two, actually, that is very inspiring and how they evolved um, their specific regions, cuisine, and had such a big impact globally. Uh, the first one is Ferran Adria from El Puy. Absolutely. Uh, unfortunately, I have never eaten there. I have met him though. I cooked for him when he was in Cape, Cape Town. I was about to ask you, did yes. you meet him? Yes, yeah, yeah. <gasps> <laughs> um, so he is an amazing person, uh, amazing inspiration. and His brother's got a place though. His brother's got a in couple Barcelona. of places. Yeah. So his brother, hand in hand with him. Yeah, I just think they have two different Style. visions is it? for um, cuisine. In general, mm. um, so Has I find he that very completely? interesting. Yes, he does not cook anymore in kitchens. He did a thing with uh, Massimo where they were yeah. feeding the homeless. Um, we never trust the skinny. I don't know which book it was. Yes. That it brought never out. trust the skinny talent chef. Yeah, something like that. So he was cooking then, and he hasn't cooked six years prior to He's that. He brought yet. out also a book that is that you can use in your uh, daily kitchen. Yeah, I know. Yeah, is one book. My father-in-law got it. Yeah, so Ferran Adria is. Uh, I think he changed cooking completely. Completely, he mm-hmm. made a lot of things possible. He opened a lot of people's minds. Mm-hmm. Um, where. He said, like, cooking is not just the physical process. It's a lot more than that. And it has the potential to change uh, people's behavior, uh, patterns around the world. It's got a global impact on a lot of things. Mm. Um, so that is what makes him amazing. And then the other guy is uh, René Redzepi from Noma in Copenhagen. Oh, yeah. Um, yes. He's for me quite a interesting person or chef. Um, I mean, if you look at what he's done for Danish cooking, um, not even being a Danish person himself, being an immigrant, uh, he's basically designed a whole food culture for Denmark. I mean, and that's been unfolding in front of our eyes mm. the last 15 years. He's been doing that. I mean, they, as the Danish country, they, I mean, they traditional food is open-faced sandwiches and he's changed that completely and there's a whole new group of chefs that is doing that in their countries as well um, like South Africa we don't have a massive culinary background I would say we don't have a lot of I mean we've got the Burtian cook sisters and those oh, sort of things but we don't have a, we don't have a cuisine no. if you look at South Africa I mean yes we have history we have roots we have 
Africa as a whole, but I mean, there's no like real food sort of identity. Mm-mm. We have so many cultures. Yeah, that's the same. But that's not a problem. That's actually no, amazing. Awesome. We just need to kind of like pin it down and say, "Cool, this is this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to take it further, and this is how we're going to present ourselves on the global platform." Well, and I think I'm sort of tried doing it. Yes, and he's got a Michelin. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. And I think yeah. that's that's amazing for for South Africa. I mean, that opens up a whole new spectrum of people coming to SA and experiencing these things. And the value. Yeah, exactly. That you get here. Yeah. That's one thing really yeah. that picked me up is going overseas and checking it out. Value for what you pay and what you get. Yeah, you get, but yes, you pay expenses mm. if you really want something truly special. Yeah. Yeah, mm. you don't necessarily, especially if you have dollars and pounds and, yeah. you know. Exactly. And that's, I mean, also with coming back to South Africans, I mean, we don't really travel abroad that much as a country. Uh, it's getting better now. Uh, people are getting more out there and more exposed to Europe and pricing and first world countries. So I think there is a bit of a mind shift happening slowly but surely. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just tying all of those things together and then standing as one and saying, this is how we're going to present ourselves in the world. And that goes with food and wine and all those sort of things that we have to offer. Because we have amazing wines, we can compete with the best wines in the world, no doubt. Absolutely. The food quality as well, I mean, the amount of abundance of amazing ingredients, seafood, game, um, good quality, uh, yeah, everything, it's amazing, it's incredible. There's so much opportunity here. Um, I actually see there's quite a few chefs from overseas, yeah. like Italian mm. from all over, that's yeah, yeah. starting restaurants in Cape Town. Yeah, it is. It's that's, been like that's for, interesting. A lot, for a long time, um, because there is so much opportunity here. I think what stunts them is the, uh, the work ethic for me is a bit of an issue. I mean, we were yeah. saying earlier, the, the, the student chefs, the younger generation, I think that ties in with the work ethic of a third world country sometimes is not what it's supposed to be. We're not as productive as we could be, uh, but that also comes into play with education and the drive to do it and having the perseverance to actually finish a two-year internship or a three-year internship at a restaurant. When you can work with a chef, a very creative chef, and you can learn his whole repertoire in three years, no doubt, and that is going to be so much more influential in your path in creating your own sort of platform long term because that's how it works I mean you learn someone else's craft and then you start thinking for yourself totally yeah Jeff I know on that note thank you very much for having me here thank you very much it's awesome catching up and definitely be back to come and eat I've always I've told him I've sent him people to come and eat here I have been having (laughs) eat here for a while that's how bad it is so I'll promise I'll bring my husband and come and eat here awesome Thanks a million. Thank you very Cheers. much. Ciao. For more, visit www.nicheradio.co.za.